Wisecast. Ali hanging on to Foreman. A good left hook from the champion. He connected, but Ali dismisses it. Maybe it's a tactic letting Foreman punch himself out. Both men look utterly exhausted. 30 seconds of round eight left. A sneaky right hand. Ali suddenly looks alive. Another right connects. Oh, Foreman's down. He's on the mat. The referee picks up the count. That's four, five, six. He's stopping the bout. It's over. Muhammad Ali is once again the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world here in Kinshasa, Zayan. What an amazing night. Unbelievable. In 1974, Muhammad Ali beat Big George Foreman in the Rumble in the Jungle and once again was crowned boxing's heavyweight champion of the world. Ali is widely regarded as one of the most influential sport figures of the 20th century, instantly recognizable anywhere in the world, and was greeted by strangers with the honorific champ. He famously declared, I am the greatest, after defeating Sonny Liston to become the heavyweight champion aged just 22. I spoke with Hong Kong-based boxing pundit Philip Mullen for his view of Ali as a boxer. Ali, for me, will always be the greatest, as he said he was. In the ring, he changed the game in his early career. His footwork was amazing for a heavyweight, but he also had power. He had all the physical attributes you could want. And, of course, he was an entertainer like no other boxer before or since. His supreme confidence in himself just withered opponents. But for all his superstardom, he was still just a human being. He ended up with a record of 56 wins and 5 losses. And sure, there's other guys out there with better records, but none of them can hold a candle to his achievements. The world's a different place, and Ali may be gone, but he will never be forgotten. This made me think. Muhammad Ali, an Olympic gold medalist and three times heavyweight champion of the world, is considered the greatest boxer who ever lived. We could debate his career boxing record, his physical skills inside the ring, and his personal life outside, but I honestly don't think you'll find anyone who would dispute that Ali was the greatest. Which then made me ponder, who is the greatest artist from Singapore? I'm Ken Delbridge, and this is the Noah Not Podcast. The greatest. Those two words imply so much. Labeling anything the greatest involves an inevitable degree of subjectivity. For example, we could try this by swapping football for boxing and ask who is the greatest footballer ever. Even if you limit that just to active players, you get Leo Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo. Each has won the Ballon d'Or or Golden Ball five times. For me, it's Ronaldo because I use the number of Champions League wins as my tiebreaker. But you'll find plenty of folks who think it's Messi. If we try to figure out who is the greatest when it comes to artists and craftspeople, things get a whole lot more complicated. Because artists don't compete one-on-one like sports people. So, obviously, you can't compare Van Gogh's irises and Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel ceiling fresco. There is, however, one category of artists where there is a quantifiable way of comparing their output. Musicians. The Billboard charts track sales and airplay, which gives data on commercial income. You could argue that this is an apples-for-apples comparison. It's not without flaws, though. For example, is Madonna a better musician than Whitney Houston because Madonna sold 300 million records versus only 200 million for Houston? Right away, I can see that using commercial success as a yardstick isn't perfect. 
If you gather a group of artists or craftspeople together and ask them if it's a valid way to judge them, I can promise you you'll get a pretty frosty reception. Later in the show, we're going to hear from Hosan Leong, one of Singapore's most beloved entertainers, who brilliantly articulates the reason why they dislike this method. But first, time to head downtown for a date with one of the world's true grand arms of the hotel industry. Singapore is a fantastic city. Its skyline gleams with steel and glass high-rise skyscrapers, yet there are still plenty of heritage buildings in the heart of the city that retain the charm of Singapore's formative years. At number one Beach Road sits the iconic Raffles Hotel, reopened after a two-year top-to-bottom restoration. Every aspect of the hotel's operations was reviewed and improved. Up on the second floor, at the corner of the hotel where Northbridge Road intersects with Braspasar Road, is the Long Bar, named because, well, it has a very long bar counter. In 1915, at that very counter, bartender Nyam Tong Boon came up with a gin-based cocktail that would become known worldwide as the Singapore Sling. Jasmine Hall is the Director of Marketing Communications at Raffles Hotel Singapore. Because the Singapore Sling was invented in 1915 at the Long Bar, really as a drink that sort of exemplifies the culture of that moment. People in those days, they were plantation owners, they liked to eat peanuts, they throw peanut shells on the floor. Um, You get ingredients to make a drink based on what's around. Pineapples, granadine was a sugar syrup in those days. So these are just things that were pulled together to make, make a cocktail that was socially acceptable for the ladies to drink because ladies couldn't drink alcohol in public. So we needed to find a drink that looked like juice as they enjoy it together with the gentlemen. And hence the Singapore Sling was created. We like to think that the fame of the Singapore Sling in the last hundred years uh, comes with the growth of being in an era where uh, the golden age of travel, a lot of people came in into Raffles um, at a spot where we were just right in front of the Johnston's Pier, which today is the Clifford Pier. Um, and that's where people travel and their first impression of Singapore was. As part of the restoration of the hotel, the F&B department decided to review their iconic drink served at the hotel for over a hundred years. The Raffles Hotel worked with Proof & Co. on the reimagining of the cocktail. The goal was to recreate as closely as possible what the drink would have tasted like in the early days of the long bar, focusing on the quality and authenticity of each element of the drink. And they selected products with genuine provenance and unique character. We have enhanced ingredients, which is a little bit different from modification. No one can actually for sure say that something hasn't changed in one way or another for a long, long time. Palettes have changed. Taste profiles have changed. A hundred years ago, sugar was a big commodity, and it was a commodity that only well-to-do would be able to afford. And uh, you will also notice that a lot of food, desserts, were a lot sweeter in those days. It's, it's something that, when you have something sweet, it's also a symbol of status. And in a lot of cultures in Asia, you will find that the savoury items tends to be something that's very common, while the sweet ones tend to be an item of luxury. So like the Singapore Sling, a hundred years ago, we believed that it was a lot sweeter. Uh, we also believe that the cocktail scene in those days was very different from what it is today. And with our restoration, modifying the ingredients quality is what we have done. And to, to create a drink that is more balanced for today's guests. Which is not to say that if today you would bring this back for a guest of 100 years ago, they may not actually enjoy it. It's just that way and, and the evolution of, of people's taste profiles today. Jasmine is being very modest to say that the raffles simply enhanced the ingredients of the Singapore sling. 
every ingredient in the recipe was reviewed with a critical eye. At the core of the Singapore Sling is gin, and now the Singapore Sling at Raffles uses Widges Gin, a traditional London dry-style gin developed by respected bartender and gin expert Jason Williams, and is produced at Langley's Distillery in Birmingham, England. We didn't say to our team to say go find a new gin. We say we want to update the taste profile of the gin, and in order to do that,、um, and then to get a drink that is well balanced for the profile I was talking about for today's guests, therein lies a need to change that gin. So it was not on purpose of not using a gin that we had before. It's just how finding a gin that would help to balance those flavors, and that's why in our case, working on Ridges Gin also allows us to find those notes of juniper, cardamom, and sweet orange. That adds a good balance to the pineapple and cherry in the cocktail. If I told you that a thousand Singapore slings are consumed every day at the raffles, it would take you long to realize that's a lot of gin, and gin comes in heavy glass bottles. Part of restoring the raffles was to bring it up to date on issues of social responsibility. It gives us a sustainable story that it's、um, not commonly known, and we actually haven't really told that story yet. But what it means for the gin bottles that we use today,、um, we clean it and rebottle the gin right here in Singapore, and this is part of a sustainable efforts. And you reduce the throwing away of glass bottles. As you can imagine, we go through quite a few of them in a day at the Long Bar. This is really one of our sustainability efforts as well. All this talk of gin raises an interesting point. During the two years that the Raffles Hotel was undergoing its restoration, three gin distilleries were launched in Singapore. It might seem an unusual coincidence, but I think the truth is that gin is enjoying a renaissance. I spoke with one of the distilleries, Compendium, about their approach to gin making with a uniquely Singaporean twist. They currently make two gins: Rojak Gin and Chendol Gin. I'm Simon, the founder and the head distiller of Companion. I'm Vic, brand ambassador for Companion and Russell Rabbit. We want to produce spirits that Singaporeans can be proud of. We want to create flavors that you know it's, it's very familiar with Singaporeans. That's why we choose Roja Chendo dishes or desserts that can easily be found in a in a Kopitiam. That's what I guess every Singaporean is most familiar of. We want to break the rules. We can come up with really, really good gins, which is represent Singapore. Singapore is like everything is mixed up together. So that's why the first gin is also named as Rojak gin because the Rojak culture that we already have inside. Rojak is a fruit and vegetable dish that is found locally, and it's a lovely mix of ingredients. Rojak is a term that means eclectic mix in colloquial Malay. Chendol is a popular iced sweet dessert that contains droplets of green rice flour jelly, coconut milk, and palm sugar syrup. Other topping options include diced jackfruit, sweetened red azuki beans, or durian. For the roja gin, the base is actually a honey spirit. So we ferment because we previously we were doing honey wine first. So we ferment and distill the honey to produce the honey spirit, and we use that as the base spirit for our gins. And we infuse in the juniper, tossed ginger, and the lemon peels, the three botanicals. Then we distill it again to produce the gin. Whereas for the chendo, we we did it slightly differently. We ferment and distill gula malaka. It's like our, our our way of recreating this this chendo dessert from scratch. We distill the gula malaka and use the gula malaka spirit as the base for our chendo. We added botanicals like、uh, juniper, pandan leaves, and also dried coconut to enhance the flavors. Since Simon and Vic aren't afraid of taking chances when it comes to making new gins, I wondered if they tried to make a Singapore sling using one of their local gins in the recipe. We've done a chendol sling,、um, which is actually a bit more fragrant inside. Once it becomes more fragrant, you don't need too much sweetness. 
I wouldn't be surprised if there are more microdistilleries in the works that will launch in 2020, but I do think that Compendium will be at the front, proudly flying the Singapore flag. Our goal is to have the Singapore flavours in the bottle, right? The goal is to like bring the flavours out of Singapore to be known. It's a Singapore product known through the world, so that, that was the goal. When the long bar opens its doors at 11am every day at the Raffles Hotel, the seats inside, spread across two floors, are quickly filled, and a queue starts to form. Jasmine Hall explains the enduring appeal. People who were staying in Singapore came to the Raffles for parties, they had the Singapore sling, they brought it back to their shores overseas, in UK, and US, and so on and so forth. And when they come back into Singapore, the stories travels and people come to the Raffles for that. The hotel, having been around for a century, has also grown with Singapore. And as Singapore grow in prominence, um, more and more people come here. There's really no other place to go in Singapore but the Raffles Hotel if you travel from overseas. And again, you have to Singapore personally, and you take the stories back. People come 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or 50 years ago, had the Singapore slang. They go back and tell the story to their grandchildren who today are grown and traveling, and they come back here for both the ambience, the colonial architecture, and must-have for the Singapore slang. This romance also continues in Japan because we also have Japanese guests who come by, and it's also a must to visit the Raffles Boutique um, and continue on their way to the Long Bar for the Singapore slang. So I think it's really a multitude of that kind of um, amplification across generations, across cultures, that, that really keeps this drink with us for a long time. And of course, the rise of social media that helps us in keeping this quite an enduring tradition. When the raffle serves the signature Singapore sling, one of the first things that patrons will notice is the colour of the sling, a soft pink hue. The granadine is the key to achieving the pink tone, but it's also the main ingredient behind the sweetness. So by making sure we work with um, Jason Crawley in this case, we're now producing a granadine that's made from 100% pomegranate juice, and that takes the sugar level down by a huge notch. But what that means is that you're still getting granadine, but now you're getting an all-natural granite. And here is how a Singapore slang is made in the long bar at the Raffles. So we start with gin, 30ml, Lusato cherry, 10ml, orange liqueur, 10ml, penetrating tom, 10ml, green tin syrup, 10ml, plantation bitter, a dash, lime juice, 10ml, pineapple juice, 60ml. Then put with ice, and shake it hard. Strain of the glass, the garnish, and the straw. Just in case you didn't catch all of that, the recipe is Widges Gin, Luxado Cherry Sangue Malaco, Benedictine Dom, Pierre Ferrand Dry Curacao, Pineapple Juice, Lime Juice, Crawley's Singapore Sling Grenadine, a dash of organic bitters, a slice of pineapple, and a cocktail cherry, served in a hurricane glass. I hope you've been enjoying this insider's look at the Raffles Hotel Singapore Sling, but I should remind you that at the start of the show, I asked who was the greatest artist from Singapore. I haven't forgotten about that. On October the 19th, the Raffles Hotel celebrated its reopening. Hosan Leong, a multi-talented stage and screen actor, television host, radio DJ and comedian, entertained a thronging crowd in the hotel lobby armed only with a grand piano and his musical talent. 
Oh my god, it was it was a dream come true because I've always wanted to perform in a hotel lobby on a piano. This was on the Steinway in the Raffles Hotel lobby, so it must, dreams all came true at one, like all collided together. Remember when I said you'd get a frosty reception if you asked a group of artists and craftspeople if it was fair to judge the merits of an artist based on their commercial success? Here's Hosanne's take on this. You can be a celebrity and an artist, or you can be as poor as a pauper and still be an artist. So no, I, I, I don't think popularity or celebrity should be the benchmark of what an artist should be. Art is so subjective, right? So nowadays, it's all about marketing themselves as well. So you can be marketing nonsense out there and, and, and people buy it. And does that make you an artist? I, I don't know, right? Depends on... The, the, the fans will say yes. I think it's so subjective, it's so hard to quantify it that way. So here's my proposition on who I think has a legitimate claim to being the greatest artist from Singapore. Niam Tong Boon. He invented the Singapore Sling, a drink that can be ordered in any bar, in any city, in any country in the world. The Singapore Sling is the most famous tangible export of Singapore culture. Commercially, it's impossible to put a number on how many slings have been consumed in the last century, but we can consider the legacy of his creation. His legacy has lived on beyond his living years. So to me, I think being a great artist you have left something behind that people remember you by. You have actually left an indelible mark on people's lives. And he has. I mean, my partner's uh, parents came and said, oh my God, we have to walk with the reference and we have to have the Singapore Sling. And they had five in a row, so they were practically on the floor, yeah. It, they didn't realize how potent it was. But you see, they traveled half around the world to, to, to try it. So I think, yes, someone who created something like that and left a mark so many years later, definitely an artist. I don't know of any other item in Singapore that has been around for a hundred years and people are still queuing for it a hundred years later. It has its own story, sometimes almost separate from Raffles Hotel. When we closed for restoration for two years, Long Bar continues to operate as a pop-up. The request for, for the Singapore Sling never did stop. Uh, and when we opened, people actually waited right outside the door before the time that the bar opened, just so they can be the first one to drop that peanut shell, you know. So I think it's a combination of, of the, the, the tradition and ticking the box um, to say that they have come to the original Longba to have the original Singapore Sling. The Singapore Sling is now 104 years old and still going strong. I asked Jasmine if she thought it would be still going strong in another 100 years. We think the Singapore Sling will be here for the next hundred years and then some, much like Raffles Hotel. These are things that you just don't change. Why do we say it won't go away? It, no one would ever imagine Singapore to not have a Raffles Hotel or a Raffles Hotel not to have a Singapore Sling. So I would imagine as long as there is a Singapore, there will be a Raffles Hotel and where there's a Raffles Hotel, you have a Singapore Sling. Thanks for listening to this episode of Crafted By from the Know or Not podcast. It was produced and hosted by me, Ken Delbridge, and my thanks to everyone who sat for interviews. For more information and links, please visit our website, knowornot.com. That's K-N-O-W-O-R-N-O-T dot If you enjoyed this podcast and you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please do take 10 seconds to give us a five-star rating. It really helps to support this podcast and helps other people find us. 
And whichever podcast app you're using, please do subscribe to hear new episodes. We have new shows every two weeks. If you have a friend who you think would like this podcast, do share us via social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.